Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You know, you can tell this is high class and high dollar when I'm, you know, the sound editor here on mic, so it, everything seems to be working. <laughs> Well, we both need headphones with a mic, so that would be good to go. I yeah, think. that's true, but this one looks so radio. And it looks, well, we're not on radio. We're not just on radio. We're also on television. Well, oh, that's true. I need to learn how to look at a camera. Yeah. I know. Well, I, and see, it just shows my natural. bald spot the way when I turn toward you. You have TV hair. I don't. I can't really help that. Okay. This is the Gruppetto Report. Oh, have we started? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Welcome to the Group Editor Report. We film or shoot this every Monday night, or every other Monday night, rather, here at Rubens. Film, yeah. film you know. <laughs> Oops, did I just show my age? We shoot this every uh, every other Monday night here at Rubens Burger Bistro in downtown, beautiful downtown Boulder. If you showed your age, I think I'm 15 years older than you, so thanks. Sorry, man. If, uh, burgers here are great. If you come here on a Monday, uh, it's cycling night. And yeah. If you're in the industry, you get uh, burgers for half price. Yeah, and that's not a bad deal. But, you know, talking about age, you know, I, I, I don't know, man. You just rode, you just competed in something called the Hoodoo 500 over the weekend. This seems to be the year of the old people in Ultra because, uh, yeah, I'm 50 years old. We got second, but uh, we did 520 miles with 30,000 feet of climbing in 28 hours and 15 minutes. We're pretty happy I, with that. I think that's fantastic. I, I was watching the updates as you were posting to Facebook coming in. And it looked like a, a lot of fun. Amanda Knutson was also posting a lot yep. of photos. Uh, you know, I, it looked like a lot of fun. It is. People think it's kind of crazy, but, you know, it, it actually is. It's about fun, and there's no pros out there making money doing that. It's all about fulfillment, and, yeah, I, mean, and the I love, love the, it. The love of the sport, I think, is really what us non-pros get out of it. I mean, you know, I'm certainly not going to win really anything, so... I do it for, for the love of sitting in the saddle and pedaling. So let's talk about love of sitting in the saddle and pedaling. You uh, actually had something happen that you wouldn't love so much with cycling. I had a crash on Friday descending a road here in Boulder called Linden. Uh, it was There are two steep parts on Linden, one descending right from the top, some nice little twisty bits on that, and then there's a flat-ish part between it, and that's where I crashed. Uh, went down pretty hard. Very, very lucky. Uh, brought my helmet in so we could show. Uh, maybe we'll get a, a close-up photo that can be edited in later, but I don't know if you can see that. It, uh, it got a, a nice chunk taken out of it um, and split all the way on the inside. It split all the way up to here. And I'm still here talking, which I think is... Uh, concussion? Knocked out no, at all? No, no concussion. I, I was aware through the whole thing. Not even a headache. 
Wow. Uh, I do have a fair amount of uh, bruising. Uh, You're not going to show us? Nope. I'm pretty sure nobody um, at home wants to see that either. Yeah, okay. Well, you did get some dings on your arms. Are you going to start shaving your arms now? I am not going to shave my arms. I, you know, I, I do shave my legs to, uh, to to help with healing. It's certainly not for Arrow, but it's to help with healing. Healing. Uh, and oddly enough, in this crash, I, you didn't I have no road rash on my legs. <laughs> so it's just one of those weird things. I, I have I have a, like a, a nickel-sized spot on my foot that was covered by a brand-new pair of socks. Which are now trashed. Um, and it just, it was one of those weird freak things. I'm just extremely lucky. How did your socks get trashed while you were wearing shoes? If the it's like bruise right up, is right, on your foot. Well, you know, the cycling shoes are fairly low cut, right? Yeah. So it was like right above that, that seam. Gotcha. Or that that uh, shoe line. And it was just, it took a nice little chunk out of my ankle. Can't believe you're, I'm very glad that you're okay and here with us. Yeah, and the anchor hair survived, so you know we're okay. True. Mine, mine just came out naturally. <laughs> so speaking of crashes, how about the Vuelta? Oh man, you know what? I feel bad for for Peter Sagan and and uh, Dan Miller and uh, and the guy from Lotto Belisol who's still in an induced coma, and it sounds like he's going to be in an induced coma for another week. Uh, not because of a TBI, apparently, it's because of some other medical issues, but. Uh, it's, it's been a rough, a rough, uh, a rough Grand Tour season. Not no just the Vuelta, but you know, a lot of crashing going on right now. You know, T.J. Van Garderen out. You know, that that's I mean, that's, that's tough. I, and we've kind of gotten into this on some of our other shows, but I mean, it really does seem like there's just a incredible amount of crashes going on. You know, and. The crashes within the race between riders, but, you know, that's right. one thing. <laughs> We're talking but when you involve, right? Exactly. I mean, but that's racing. You know, you have riders d doing the argy bargy thing. That that's that's just that's just bike racing. But when you involve outside elements like a spectator, or you involve an official moto, moto. from the the race being careless, I just I'm. I'm flabbergasted. I know that's a and silly word. Penalizing another rider who's yes. I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I'm. I know we're, we're we're recording this, but and I shouldn't be speechless. But I'm almost speechless that he got fined for almost being killed, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. It, I. This could go on and on. Oh, but sure. Let's. I mean, there's so much cycling, other events going on this weekend. Cyclocross. You were out. At Cyclocross <laughs> is back. You know, it was it was very interesting. Here in Boulder, we had an unofficial race. It was out at the Oscar Blues Hops and Heifers Farm in Longmont, Colorado. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was like 95 <laughs> degrees, which is not cyclocross weather. Uh, <laughs> Dry. It, it was it was very dry. <laughs> it was very dry. But it was a, a very well attended event for, especially for not being an official race and being so early in the season with a lot of other races going on right now. We have uh, a mountain bike race, a big mountain bike race that was going on up in in the mountains. So it was a lot of fun, a great atmosphere. And it was it was very very uh, very well attended. Venus de Miles Tour was going on last. The all women's tour. Right. Uh, There's a duathlon. And my wife was out driving to Wyoming. She said it was just amazing how many bikes were on the road from all of these events going on. I saw I saw Indian several Peaks events Classic going on going on, on uh, yeah. Labor Day weekend. 
Yeah, it should be, uh, should be very interesting. So uh, I think our show is going to be really interesting today. We started off talking a little bit about ultra distance. Well, one of the oldest races, well, started out as a race. It's not a race anymore, but Paris Brest Paris. Uh, recently wrapped up, and we've got a couple of uh, finishers here with us tonight. So that's supposed to be hard? Paris Breast hard? Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's a joke. Yes, it's very hard. It's certainly not for the for the weak willed. <laughs> you really have to have uh, an enormous amount of willpower to finish that event. So look forward to meeting Bryce Walsh and Terry Gooch coming up here in just a moment on the Gruppetto Report. We'll Rubens right in Boulder, Colorado. And we're back on the Gruppetto Report. You know, I'm, I'm saying and we're back because I'm acting like we had an ad right before that. Because, you well, know, we want to have money coming in on this. Maybe sometime. someday we'll have an ad. Maybe for Rubens or another local business or some sort of <laughs> cycling business. That's not a hint at all. No. Or is it? So, no, it wasn't a hint. It was a blatant, <laughs> a blatant beg. <laughs> Please send money. <laughs> the number is right there on your screen. We'll make it up later. Um, okay. Yeah. Who's this thin, fit-looking man between us? <laughs> Certainly a lot thinner and fitter than I am. And Same. Bryce Walsh. That's the only seat that was open. Okay. <laughs> and, and you were able to fit in here between us. <laughs> yeah, because so, Rubens is packed on uh, Monday nights. Again, cycling industry, half-off burgers here if you're in the cycling industry on Mondays. You know, it is really nice of them to carve out this little space for us to be able to do this event. Uh, you know, it, it's taking away maybe some space from them, but we, we certainly love them, and they love cycling, so we want to give back a little bit. And we're not faking that this is live from Rubens. We're not here when they're closed, and that's not piped-in background noise. Oh, no. If we turn the camera around, you'd see people right. eating food. And one of the basic tenets of TV news is never show people eating food, so we're not going to do that. No, drinking beer is fine. Uh, sure, why not? Because we're on the internet. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Beer's fine. Well, we're stop not... ignoring Bryce. Okay. <laughs> well, we have you here for a reason. You just finished a, a very big event in France. I did. Uh, this is my fourth go of uh, Paris Press Paris, it's called. A 1,200-kilometer ride that's been going on since 1890. So how many days? You know, I, I have researched a little bit, but I've never been over there for this. Can you, can you tell those at, uh, those folks at home who may not know the specifics of what Paris Press Paris is and why it's so difficult? Yeah, the uh, premise of it is is you get, you you have to finish in 90 hours is, is probably the main thing to think about, which isn't, uh, if you kind of do the math and if you were to never ever get off your bike, I think it ends up being something like 11 miles per hour that you'd have to average, but... Never get off your bike. <laughs> no, no. Right. But, but that would be without getting off your bike. And I'm so, sure you're going a lot faster than 11 miles an hour. Well, usually, you know, there, there were definitely times this year where I was down to, I don't know, maybe four or five miles an hour weaving, and I was falling asleep, and it's, uh, the, the test of it is really that it's this entire distance, and it's, the clock is always running, so there's no time, anytime you sleep, that clock is still going on, too, so, um, so, you know, it's, you're dealing with uh, sleep deprivation. The right. clock never stops. When yes. you say go, the clock starts, and you can stop, but it doesn't. Yeah. So very similar in format to what folks here in the U.S. may be familiar with. Race across the West, race across Oregon, uh, race across America. 
Except those people have crews behind right. them and yes. don't have to carry anything on their bikes. Bryce has, like, got everything. Which that's a extremely Including impressive. the kitchen sink. Oh. Yeah. So very light. Was it carbon? No. <laughs> Titanium handles. You know, and probably the other difference is, you know, Paris, Paris, Paris at this point is not supposed to be a race. Exactly. It's, they call it a timed ride. So it would probably be closer to, like, some of the gentlemen's rides, maybe, or something like that in feel. Gentlemen. Um, which yeah. wind up being races anyway. So. <laughs> well, you put two well, guys on a bike. Right. With a clock. So, well, not in, in name. It's, it's not a race. Exactly. In actuality, people do compete, and there's bragging rights and things like there's, that. Yeah, and there's very much bragging rights for the, the guy who gets the fastest time. Too, so. how, many, uh, how many years have you, or how many events have you done? This was my fourth, so I, uh, before this, I, my, the reason I cycled was for commuting and for traveling, and I actually met a guy at a bar one time, drinking beer, and told me about Paris, 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 and uh, I said, wow, that's really cool, I, you know, I wish you would have told me about that earlier, and I'd, I'd join you and go do it, and I was going, but I'll, I'll, try, the, I'll try the first uh, qualifier with you anyway, and I ended up doing all of them and doing that first one. So that was 12 years ago, and I've done every... So they have it every four years, and I've been doing it every four years since. So, so this is number four. How have you matured as a PBP rider, not racer? Yeah. Compare this one to the first one that you did. Um, yeah, I've been in every group on PBP. The very, very first one I did, I was absolutely terrified that I would even finish. Um, so I was... I was at the. I did it in 83 hours, so I had seven hours to spare on that first one. But I was watching the clock like the whole time. I was, I was worried that I wouldn't make it in time. So um, now I. That I'm, doesn't sound fun. I mean, that really. That's very pressure. stressful. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it, it it was, and I think some people are better, you know, maybe with that situation than I am. But um, yeah, for me, that first one actually was very, very stressful. Um, so that was part of the reason that I went back probably for the second one was, okay, I know how this goes now. Um, I know what not to get worried about, what to, what to make sure I've got in, you know, organized. And, uh, and that second one actually was so much easier, even though it was rainy and it was colder and all that. Um, and then e each time it's actually really kind of gotten easier and easier each time. So, so if you had a, a couple pieces of, pieces of advice for for some riders out there who may be considering doing these uh, extreme distance events, timed events, what would be your, your biggest piece of advice for them? Biggest piece? Um, I mean, the, the, the things that normally affect people, I guess, on these things are food, um, nutrition, um, sleep deprivation, and then contact points. You know, that's that's where all your problems are going to come from. So, um, so you got to get time in the saddle, especially if you've never done anything like this before. Um, so that first that first time, you're going to have to really put in some long hours. You're going to have to ride at night a lot, so you need to get used to that and get comfortable at night, um, and then figure out what your stomach can handle. Because as I've learned every every time, like. 24 hours, I can probably eat just about anything. But after 24 hours, man, anything could happen. Does that change from year to year, where some years you really like a certain food and the next year it doesn't work at all? Um, 
for me, it seems to be difficult to pin down. Yeah, like sometimes there's certain things that work. Um, the only thing that really works for sure are baguettes while I'm doing PvP. Actually, I've always been fine with that. So here um, it would be bread. Yeah. Baguettes. You can and, buy baguettes yeah. here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, that was like my safe safe bet that it wouldn't hurt my stomach too much. But, uh, there are some big foods here. I don't know if you can get <laughs> gluten-free baguettes, though. That would be might okay, be kind of tough. So, probably questionable energy. Yeah. <laughs> How much did you sleep this year? This time, I, I ended up sleeping three hours. My plan was not to sleep at all. Total? Yeah. Over 90 hours. Um, so I took 66, 66. hours this time. Um, 66? Yeah, but... Oh, you've really whittled the time down then. Yeah, my, my, my goal actually was to do around 50 this year. Um, and I was on track. I did the first half in 24 hours and was looking, wow. looking good. And then stomach, you know, I started having stomach problems. And, you know, so at that point you start just kind of going, well, you know, what, what do I do now? So I started to slow down, take some sleep breaks, start eating more at some restaurants. I actually stopped at a few parties in the town squares. Um, so did they, like, parties for Paris Press Paris? Yeah. Or, okay. So I didn't know if you were crashing parties in the middle of a town. Scott parked his bike and walked in and was like, hey. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, that's probably the thing I left out about Paris Press Paris is, like, all these towns on the route, they come out and cheer you on. And a lot of towns in the square, they'll have, like, stands set up where there'll be a bar and they'll, be, they'll make crepes or they'll make other food. And the whole town will be out, like, all night. And yeah, she- it would take me a lot longer than 90 hours to finish this. <laughs> to be stopped at every make- Bryce is an incredibly accomplished <laughs> ultra-distance racer. Uh, did a race across Africa. Uh, he's a race across America finisher in sub-10 days. Uh, Tour Divide. Uh, he's done a lot. I didn't so. know you did Tour Divide. Well, I didn't make it on Tour That's the, my one DNF. Actually, I gotta say so because I, I, I actually did um, Tour de Freak the first four months of that year, and then I, I got home and I had four months or two weeks, and then I flew up to Banff to do Tour Divide, um, and that was a little too much. So and Tour de Freak yeah. <laughs> is the tour of Africa, not a bunch of freaks doing a really long. It's, thing. It is a bunch of freaks. So it's not yeah. based in Portland. <laughs> yeah, no. Apologies We've got to a, my uh, Oregon friends. Paris Breast Paris rookie joining us, Terry Gooch. And- Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
And, uh, thanks for watching the Group Petto Report. Again, Bryce Welsh, Rick Tillery, here at Rubens in Boulder, Colorado. Welcome back to the Group Petto Report through the art of magic. We now have four people sitting back here behind the table. Uh, Terry Gooch is joining us, uh, a Paris, Brest Paris rookie. You got it. And we've got some. We've had some questions for Bryce. Now we've got some for you, because we want to learn and kind of uh, look at the difference between how a, a vet of Paris Brest Paris and rookie kind of view the race. Yep. Not race. Race, Time not event. race. How you pay Time money? It's kind of a race, <laughs> even if it's just a race against yourself. That's well. That's life. Right. Right. It's a race against yourself. So, I, one of the things that I, I meant to ask Bryce a minute ago. What kind of equipment do you guys take on this? You have no support vehicles. You have to carry everything with you. Do you carry all of your food or do you stop? I'm sure they don't have 7-Elevens there, but you know, you stop at a gas station running, grab an energy bar. Like, no, no. What, what do you Baguette. guys do? Baguette. Baguette, sorry. Baguette and Nutella, I'm sure, is what you, what you live on. So do you guys have uh, different experiences in this? I think, actually, he and I are great counterpoints to this. I take, I do everything at the bike shop. So the mechanic does everything for me. I know how to change a flat and that's it. So I didn't bring a chain tool or links or spokes or, you know, I think there are randonneuring people who know how to fix everything on their bike and they bring everything that they can fix. And I kind of threw it to the wind. I had a multi-tool, I had two tubes, and I had um, a, a, a cleat for my shoe. No extra spokes. No. no I, for what? I mean, I would, I, I would stand there on the for side when you of the break, road. For when you break a spoke. Right. Exactly. Because it happens. And and at every control, there is a mechanic, and obviously somehow okay. I would have had to limp to to a control if something had gone wrong in the midst of the race. But so for right. me, I went pretty light, and um, I did bring like lube, and I lubed my chain um, twice, but then I sent it back with my drop bag. So. At the end there, I was really looking to, to, to get rid of everything that I possibly could get rid of. Extra batteries. I had zip ties and tubes. Woo! So, Ready for anything. So, so Bryce finished in 66 hours. What was your time? 77 and change. That's pretty good for a rookie. I was super stoked. I couldn't have gone better. Did how was, you, how was the weather? Perfect for me. Poured rain for people after me. Wow. I was in the golden moment. Did you? So, do you bring a ton of stuff? Uh, you know, I I don't. I don't bring a lot of tools. I did bring a chain tool, um, but I didn't. I don't bring that much for tools, and I bring some tubes. Um, I use wheels that have more spokes, you know, for this kind of event because I, you know, the race wheels maybe are a little riskier. What? No, sixteen twenty wheels. Yeah. <laughs> Try foil. <laughs> you yeah, actually a... have paneers that carry those. <laughs> I don't. Unless they're, they're made of carbon, no. Yeah, that's true. There is. I mean, I was really surprised the amount of race bikes that go up here at PDP. And I, the thing that really amazed me were the amount of people using electronic shifting. I was really, really surprised wow. by that this time around. Like, I would say. Almost half of the guys I rode with maybe had electronic shifting. I, I am I am shocked by that. Yeah, so that that was surprising. But as far as gear I carry, the majority of the weight that I carry is uh, uh, sports drink. Because oh, I, I always I pack up a bunch of uh, 
um, Infinite Nutrition actually into, into baggies and put that in my camelback so I can have enough to get about a third of the way through the ride each, with each reload. And uh, so that's where most of my weight comes from. And then I also have to carry a lot of clothing because I get so cold at night that I have to bring a lot of layers with too. So. Can you imagine him, him getting cold? <laughs> yeah. So now you both, you're sponsored by Lightspeed, yes. Titanium, and you wrote Titanium as well. Mosaic Cycles, it was wow. amazing. I heartily, heartily suggest a Titanium bike for this. The roads are pretty amazing for the most part. They're very smooth, but there's a few bits that are kind of bumpy and maybe a little bit of what we would consider chip seal, but I had no ham num numbness or any kind wow. of issue like that. Amazing. So for the, the, the tech folks out there who might be interested in this, what groupos did you run? What wheel? What kind of wheels? Carbon, alloy, whatever. What, like what, what were your setups for your bikes? Um, I just got my new bike and I chose actually to go Dura Ace non-electronic because of PVP. I didn't want to have anything weird or since I obviously have no skills. Sure. And then um, I have As the, you said. Right? I'm not agreeing with no, that. No, no, it's you can agree. And I had these great wheels actually recommended by um, Chris Soden from Pro Peloton, which were the head Belgian, so okay. they're a wider uh, wider rim. I'm not gonna talk about them very well, but they run a twenty-five inch or a twenty-five centimeter tire but ride like even wider and they were plush. So the mosaic, the Dura Ace, and the head wheels. So what was your setup, Bryce? Um, so I actually run a carbon light speed on this one. I've been using that one for the last few times. And uh, for wheels, I, oh, group, I actually am running SRAM Red on that. Um, I actually, my, my mechanic actually, right before I was leaving, told me, hey, you know, it's probably about time that you replace these levers and these derailers, because, I mean, they probably have 40,000 miles on them at this point. Wow. Um, and I actually ended up having trouble with my shifters during this thing because they finally just gave up the ghost sort of thing. Um, I think you, <laughs> you know, got your your money's worth out of those. Yeah, I definitely got my money's worth. Um, wheels, I ran, you know, some hand-built wheels with Chris King hubs and uh, Stan's rims. So I ran tubeless, actually, on this. Did you have any issues wow. with uh, flats or anything? None, none at all. Actually, I've always had really, really good luck with them, and it makes allows it to be a little more comfortable. You can run a little lower um, tire pressure, and worst case, you can throw tubes in. You know, if you do go right. flat. You know, so. Yeah. so, were you traditional tubes yep. or tubeless? Traditional. How did you pack? Did you have side mirrors, the front bag? How are you loaded up? How are you carrying everything? Um, for me, actually, everything land. Uh, I use a Camelback. Because I need, that's how I make sure that I eat, is that I, if I have the tube right there. Um, you know, that's, most people probably don't do that, but I find that works good for me. It also feels like the bike isn't weighed down then as much either. Mm -hmm. way, so, um. how, about, how about you, Terry? I used an Apodura Bento box, just a little, the little one, um, which is where I put my control card and my money and anything that I would need to definitely make sure I took out and into every control. So. I had everything together there, and then I had an Apodura rear bag, which was actually awesome because by the end I was just sort of shoving stuff in and rolling it up, and it it can it compressed really well. You see a lot of it in bike packing, um, yep. and it's it's like a 14 liter bag. I didn't even come close to using it all because, like you, I kept wanting to go light, hoping to be faster, and just you know the the cycling gods were on my side, and everything was going to go right. 
So you mentioned control card, and this may be something that the folks at home are not familiar with. You have to go in and, and check in. You have to hop off the bike. It's it's not like, say, Ram or something like that, where your crew gets to call in for you. You have to do it yourself. Right. Absolutely. I had a goal of trying to make sure I got out, you know, 15 to 20 minutes on most of them and, and to try to eat either outside of the controls or something like that. And, and actually, aside from the very first two, which is at, like, what, mile... 89 and then at about 220 kilometers those were the two most packed controls and then after that it was pretty much smooth sailing and they're trying very diligently the volunteers to get you through and out but I, I can't say enough as an aside about the people who volunteer for this event it is I, I will never be a pro cyclist but you never had an experience like this where people are out all day all night just cheering Say wow. for me, Dab, and say magnifique, bon courage, and they're so like panache because I wore a panache, <laughs> sure. kit, you know, and they were just so stoked and right there holding you pretty much the whole way across. Oh, that's great. It's really, I would, I would suggest it to anyone. It's really, it is, it's, it's a formidable thing to do to feel so loved and accepted, and, and people were excited. Question about logistics. Bryce was saying his first year, he's watching the clock, uh, very nervous about meeting the uh, 90 hour qualification or however you want to call that, but uh, to get your official finish. How do you manage time when you're at a control that must be packed with people? Um, how do you get in and out of there without wasting time? Or where do you decide to sleep? How do you come up with a plan, both of you? Terry, let's start with you, since you were probably under a lot of stressful feelings this year. <laughs> I had a ton of stress leading into it, and as soon as we got released out to start riding, it was, you know, you get the calm feeling, and it's the beautiful French countryside, and you can kind of settle in and feel good about everything. Um, I did have a plan going in. I wanted to get to a control called Carhay, which is about 320-ish miles into the race before I took my first sleep break. Um, I stayed there a pretty long time, actually. I wish I hadn't spent so much time there. There were cots with like a little sheet and it was terrible and I couldn't sleep at all and everyone was snoring like I knew they would be. <laughs> and they were, the, the guys who were running around like are flashing flashlights in everyone's faces and I didn't sleep at all and then, um, but whatever, that's the experience. And then on the way back, I slept in a place called Tintiniac, which is about what? That's about... It's about 225 miles from the finish, so it's a little over, a little less than 400k from the finish. And there, it was like dorm rooms with beds, and I stole wow. blankets off of other beds, and I slept like a log, and it was amazing. And I got up in the morning, and there are a number of people who don't choose to sleep in a bed, and they either sleep on the side of the roadway in space blankets, or they sleep sitting up like this. Or I saw a guy sleeping in mashed potatoes. Um, <laughs> I don't think they did had take a, a photo of that. No, I did not, but I didn't think they had to do CPR on him. I was wondering, like, is there's a reserve point where she should just turn his head so he's an airway? Um, How do you wake up? Are people you, there you, to, you actually you tell have them. to set an alarm? Or no, you no? tell them, like, I want to wake up at 3.45 or I want two hours of sleep. And they actually keep track of hundreds of people and when they should wake you up. It's logistically, it's phenomenal. That's it's, incredible. Yeah, it's really cool. I, how much did you sleep? You know, I, like I said, I probably slept three hours on this one, and I just slept like three uh, hours. along the side of, like in the 
in one of the cafeterias. You know, I just laid down along the side of, side of the cafeteria. And, wow. And was that a lot of sleep tables. for you? Yeah, I mean, like, like I said, I, I, I went into it planning no sleep. Um, oh, wow. And the last time I, I did it, I didn't sleep at all either. Um, and this time, the only reason I slept was I was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm kind of sl I'm slowing down and I'm stopping anyway. I might as well. I'm, and I got really, really tired at one point. Um, so I actually stopped out on the road and put my head down on my handlebars like this. And I fell asleep there. It's on crazy. your bike. Yeah, just and so and you didn't you didn't fall over. Uh, event. So what woke me up was the bike started to move. Actually. Oh really? Yeah. Um, so that's a that's a trick uh, Lon Haldeman actually told me about a long time ago. Like if you're just cooked, you know, and you just need a little bit of sleep to get to that next check or whatever, just put your put your head down on your handlebars. And, Crazy. And it works. It, you know, and at least got me so I was somewhat safe again so I could get to the next next checkpoint. Just for, you know, insurance reasons, we are not <laughs> endorsing that anyone do that. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Thank that. you for going there. We're in America, so... Probably not the you can, you can show your helmet bike. again if you want. <laughs> yeah, we've seen the helmet at the beginning. We'll, we'll take some photos of that. We don't need to show that again. No. I wasn't asleep on the bike there. That was just a blowout. So, well, actually, that's an interesting segue. Did neither one of you crashed? Nope. But do you see crashes out there? Do you see like because everybody's fatigued? And there's what three, five thousand? How many people? Six thousand people this year. So that would be a concern of mine. Is somebody else being out there on the road, being fatigued, and either running into me, a car, a tree? Yeah. I didn't see anything. I was actually happy that it was safe, and, and people, for the most part, were great. Bike handling was good. You? You know, I, I came across a guy who got hit by a car um, on probably about maybe a couple hundred miles from the finish. Um, so that was like the last morning, I think, where we were taking off on that. Um, I, did, I didn't see the accident. It was just, he was, you know, the, he was on the ground and the ambulance was coming. You know, and there were a few people I talked to that had, you know, little scrapes where they, you know, came into, a, you know, groups came into corners too quickly. Like when, when I started in my group, actually, we, it was very, very fast in, in that group. And, you know, there was a, there were a few turns where it's like all of a sudden it was a sharper turn than you thought. And like, you, you know, people were skidding through and that kind of thing. But I, we didn't have any, uh, any real accidents this time. The last time I did it four years ago, I actually was in the, the lead pack when uh, a car that was towing a trailer tried to pass the group. And it, the trailer was wider than the car, and actually took out like two guys and just sent them dominoing through wow. the group. You know, and I, helmets aren't required no. at PVP. Well, it's a you see people wearing. Uh, you have to wear reflective vests, but you don't have to wear a helmet. Oh, Jermon, from back when the race vest. started, when the event. Well, what did start as a race? But yeah, guys with hats and goggles and. Interesting. I, I, after Friday, I don't know that I would recommend that. Yeah, no, I'm, you know, we're not endorsing you to <laughs> or encouraging or anything like that. Always wear a helmet. But, you know, all in all, though, I would say, you know, I, I generally felt very safe out there. Um, actually, the cars are, are great. 
you know, people generally driving are super respectful of cyclists over there. So I, in that way, I, I mean, that, that way it was very, very good. And quiet roads generally. Yes. And, and for the, I mean, and you're not, it's like you're not climbing in the Alps up twisty, turny roads. It's a lot of, I mean, it might not be as wide as what we're used to as an American standard, but it's pretty straightforward, rolling hills with, you know, I mean, yes, when you come into towns, there are a lot of rounders and quick turns, but for the most part, when you're out in the countryside, it's, it's rather straightforward with long lines of vision. Okay. Low traffic. Interesting. It sounds like fun. Now I want to do it, to be honest. You, you know, it's it Next sounds year. very interesting. Do, well, do you have well, Bryce doing number five and Terry on her second? <laughs> so, do you have to qualify for this? You do. So, the year of PVP, um, you need to do a 200 kilometer, a 300, a 400, and a 600 kilometer ride in a set amount of time. Um, which, honestly, you probably want to do that anyway before PVP just to get your body used That's to training, it. That's training, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, they, and they do set them up very well, so it builds you up and give, you know, gives you a little bit of rest in between each one to get you prepared for it. So, so if, if, like me, people out there may be interested in this, are there uh, informational websites where the, it'll show you the different uh, qualifying races that you can get to and, and how, how to kind of train? Rusa.org? would probably be the place to start so it's randoneering usa is, is, and so it's rusa.org that's a good spot it's easy it's easy to remember yeah. so, that's it. all right and we hope the groupetto report is easy to remember it, i think so <laughs> i know what the groupetto is that's where i usually am yeah that's <laughs> Targuch, Bryce Waltz, thanks very much for joining us on the Group Pedal Report. Rick, always a pleasure. Yes, sir. Thanks for, thanks for being here. We appreciate your time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I am a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. 